Welcome to the Empathy Project podcast. Um, today we have a, what should I call you? A empathy friend. <laughs> You've come to one of our, two of our sessions and um, are such a great supporter of the project and I appreciate you so much. Um, yeah, when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about like women who are both soft and like hard in the sense of I think they can come in womanhood but also like really live in the softness of it um and I was like who comes to sessions he's like that and your face appeared I was like yes the perfect person <laughs> absolutely beautiful um so thank you so much for agreeing uh before I continue I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit who you are what you do um why you like come to empathy anything yeah Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Nolutando Mose, and I love the Empathy Project. So I'm genuinely just like, I can't believe I'm here. Um, yeah, I am a clinical psychologist doing my internship this year in Joburg. And I was doing my master's last year in KZN. And that's when I heard about the Empathy Project because I was new to the city. Um, and I love like, social situations so i was actually tuning on cricket and i was like what well they're on cricket to web tickets i was like oh what's going around in durban like i'd love to meet people and things like that and that's when i came across the empathy project it just seemed like something that i'm like i genuinely couldn't believe we have something like that in south africa it reminded me of jubilee so i was like i can't believe this exists and so that's when i went to my first one i think i came with two of my friends and then you came to Joburg this year and I was just like, oh my word, again. <laughs> so I really do love, I love the project. I love what it stands for. And the fact that there's like a podcast also, I'm just like, yes, ma'am, I'm here for it. So yeah, I'm absolutely overjoyed to be here. Like I thank you very much for having me. For those of you who don't know what Empathy Project is and what this podcast is about, um, it's a social engagement initiative that started about two years ago in Durban. Um, where I was looking to obviously meet people and build community, but also to have conversations that typically happen online um, on a face-to-face -face platform. So it's really unpacking collective discourse um, and addressing some social issues that we don't actually like really interrogate on a personal level. But yeah, for today's topic, we actually have two guests for the month of August. Um, and our first one is Nolutando. Um let me begin by like asking you, what does it mean to you to be a woman in this country? You know, thinking about your upbringing, thinking about coming into your adolescence. Um, yeah. Are there any like striking themes or ideas or issues that have stood out for you over the years when you think about what does it mean for me to be a woman here? I think naturally the first exposure one has to womanhood is through their mother. And so I think that was my first I guess, idea. Um, and I think a lot of what stands out for me is a boulder. So it just feels like um, a lot that you're building towards. You're building a home, you're building a family, you're building a career, you're building like there's constantly doing, um, which I mean, in some spaces can be really cool and really empowering, but in some areas can also be really overwhelming, exhausting, maybe intimidating, maybe as well. Um, yeah, I think of a lot of expectations as well, which, I mean, it's weird. Like you think about um, small practices such as 
when are you going to learn how to cook? Because how are you going to hold house down? Or when are you going to do this? Because how are you going to do that? And there's just like checklists of like, okay, now these are the steps that I need to have, you know, gone through in order to be a woman. And I think why I would liken that to this country is probably because that's, I don't know, I've noticed that that's like a cultural norm as well. Because you go into somebody else's house and there's also Amma norms at corner. So it's very much like, yeah, it's... I don't know, as I'm speaking about it, I'm getting a bit like, yo, there's just, there's a lot to it. A lot of expectation, a lot of things that you need to do. Um, a big part and role that you play. Um, yeah. And actually, I think in South Africa in particular, because there are so many like woman-headed homes, I think there are all the more roles as well. Like it's not just this, but you're both of those roles. If, if you want to think um, mom-dad situation. Or I think of grandmothers who are all of those roles as well for like their children's um, children as well. So yeah, it's it's a it's a heavy. It's really interesting because I I had um, coffee with Wusi yesterday to record, and um, my answer was also like I just think of my mom when I think about the first like idea around when it needs to be a woman, um, and s- similar things came up around. I didn't use the word expectations, but this idea of duty. Um, and I don't know, it's almost like there is now that I'm listening to you, I'm like, has there been choice um, in the expectations, in the duty, in the role that you play? Um, obviously, the societal things that, you know, influence that and construct that. But on a personal level, do we just turn into women? <laughs> just by virtue of having watched it happen, um, how much are we actually thinking about it? How much are we deciding that actually this is the kind of woman that I want to be? Um, or do we kind of just fall into it? Um, I don't know if you can speak into that. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> it is actually really interesting because it feels, I think Kunaleo, that thing as well, where you're even like, I'm becoming my mother because I don't, I don't know that it's always conscious, like, how we go about it. I think a lot of the things that are socialized are things we learn simply by observing. Um, but I think if you add on that whole expectation thing as well, we are groomed into that as well. So I don't know. It's interesting because the minute, it almost feels like the minute you want to have a choice of something different, it looks a bit deviant. It looks a bit like, you know, like we raise an eyebrow, like, hey, you know, what was any of these days? Like, who's going to this? Who's going to that? And it, it, it almost requires a push for you to like advocate for this type of womanhood because they almost feels like an unspoken type of womanhood. Um, and I imagine that that's the case in many different across different cultures. I'm even thinking across religions, like there's a specific way in which a woman needs to be. And so once it looks a bit, so it's interesting then because it, it does beg the question, like, is it, is it a choice if that's like the way it's supposed to be? Um, do you feel guilty when you think of something a bit different? Um, do we kind of shut it down for ourselves as well? I think it, I think it's a combination of choice, of social constructs and of circumstance. Like as you're speaking, I'm thinking about myself now in my adulthood. Um, I don't think I'm anything like my mom in terms of like how... I live my life as a woman. Um, 
I, I think I'm like her in the sense of how I carry myself. I like to believe I'm somewhat of a gracious person. <laughs> so I like clothes. I like to present well. I like to look good. Um, I, I believe I, I act like a lady as much as I can. Um, but I've got, I'm 32. I've never been married. I'm single. I don't have children. Um, currently unemployed. Um, and I kind of just like move around at will, you know? Um, and it's definitely not really something I, 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 I saw growing up. Um, but I think the one thing I really appreciate about my mom is, is allowing us to be girls who can have choices and who can make their own decisions and who can exercise their freedom. Um, you know, and small things as even just like deciding, I want to do ballet. I don't want to do ballet anymore. I want to do dancing. I don't want to do dancing anymore. Um, and so forth. All these different things that, you know, they kind of like push you into because they think it's something you'd be good at. Um, but the moment that it's not for you anymore, then, you know, there's freedom to stop doing that. Um, freedom to go to, you know, the varsity that you want to go to, dress the way you want. I was like dyeing my hair at the age of 15, you know, and cutting it. And like, I was copying everything that Rihanna was doing <laughs> at, the age of, at the age of 15. And she never really like came for me. She was like, girl, do whatever you want. Um, and like wearing heavy eyeliner, you know, to school with the shoulder skirt. And she still was like, you know, read it in, but I'm going to let you figure out, you know, who you want to be. Um, and I guess that freedom has allowed me as an adult to, again, just like decide to up and leave when I want to um, and not feel the need to to stay in situations that aren't necessarily for me. Um, so I guess, yeah, being a woman now for me is like exercising my freedom to the, to the max. Yeah, can you then tell me a little bit of what you value the most about your femininity or you value the most about your womanhood? Um, it can be in stages, it can be on a spectrum, you know. It's actually such a recent thing for me because um, I, I, it's interesting. You're touching on a lot of things that are going through my mind as well. Um, when you when you're speaking about your mother and maybe how different you may have been in terms of just certain aspects. Um, I have a similar thing, but I think I struggled with that for some time, like not realizing it. So, same. I'm, I'll say old am, but I'm like with twenties. And not at all where my mother was. I think by the time my mother was 21, she was married, living in a new city, had a kid. Um, and that's like, I'm like when I was 21, but even to this day now. And a lot of the time I, I didn't realize I was like unconsciously competing with her. Um, this unspoken thing. And I think something of note is my mom is late now. And so it's not something that she's perpetuating, but something that I internalized that this is the woman I need to be. And so I realized I was going through a lot of invalidating my actual experiences and my actual accomplishments because they weren't hers or weren't the same as hers. And then I sit back and I'm like, but wait a minute, I was in Durban last year doing my, what are you talking about? Like, oh, excuse me. And now like living in Joburg, living in my own space and being able to just do what it is I want to do. I think that's something that I've really, really appreciated about um, my version of femininity. And why I say version is I think, and and this is also the newness of it, 
is it comes out even in style for me. Um, I've had a lot of comment about the way that I dress and top tier. Oh, 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 thank you. No, <laughs> thank you. But how I meant it is people will like question my sexuality, question my gender and all of those things. And I'm like, oh, I was just trying to express. And I think that also for me, I, mean, I don't know if it was the person's intention, but like kind of made me then think, is there one way to look feminine? Do I not look feminine enough? Do I have to always be like flowers? Because that's not my interest at all. Like I'm the least colorful person I know. Um, so I'm just like, but that's not really what I like. And so I've had to learn because then I also thought, am I not, am I not feminine? And, and I do feel like that's not fair to myself, but also it's like I keep saying this unspoken thing. So for me, I think what I've learned to appreciate is the fact that femininity can look different for me and that it still can be feminine um, and that that's okay, which is a process and a half. Because I do sometimes, last year when I was in Durban, I had like no hair. And I used to think, oh my gosh, should I now, now I want to grow it out quickly so I can wear braids because everybody thinks I'm, and it's like, but also, does it matter? You know, so it was, it was a whole thing, but um, I'm learning. It was a lot of learning and learning um, and just being able to embrace what I like, what I don't like, and that being okay. Yeah. That's really interesting because I'm thinking, every, I didn't realize that was your experience um, just because, I mean, looking through your Instagram, meeting you in person, I just think you're the picture of femininity personally for me. Um, but maybe that's also got a lot to do with how I, you know, see it and perceive it. And it's like, you'll hardly ever see me in a flower dress myself. <laughs> so maybe that's why I'm like a little bit more accepting understanding of your style. But in the session, the face-to-face -face one we had at Humble, um, it's actually a point my sister, who I think you've met, um, brought up and it got a little bit, you know, intense and emotional because she spoke about how she's always her whole life basically pre presented or dressed like a boy just because it's comfortable for her. And she actually just likes streetwear. So she wears sneakers, she wears baggy pants, she wears oversized t-shirts because she likes the style. Um, but she's had to deal with people, um, questioning her sexuality, questioning her gender, um, and almost like not believing her when she's like, I, oh, I identify as a woman and have, having to like almost convince people otherwise. And um, it's such a, it's a, it's a subconscious thing, an unconscious thing that people do, but it's also, it's damaging because you're, you're, you're challenging someone's view of themselves. You are making someone feel othered in you know their own choices that they've made about who they are um and it brings me to my, my, what my next question would be when you were growing up um as a child what did you maybe imagine yourself at the age that you won't say um how did you imagine yourself living your life as a woman um and it's different to you've spoken a bit now about how it's been different to your mom but to your idea that you had my friend and I have this running, okay, shame, I'm not, it's fine, I'm turning 25 this year. My friend and I have this running joke that's like, remember when we were saying when we're 25, we'll be married with two kids and then all that stuff. Um, that is, I'm that typical, to be honest. That's exactly what I thought I would be. I was like, yeah, this is what it's going to be. This is what is ideal. And I don't think, I mean, with a little thought of what that means though, and like, um, what does it mean for the relationships that I enter in my youth? Does that mean that I am? 
far too like focused on getting to that line than actually just experiencing relationships and allowing them to be fun and enjoyable and appreciate them and for them to not work out as well. Because what I realized would happen then is if you are then in that relationship that's not working, you're pushing it so much because I have got goals, I've got a timeline, this is what needs to happen. And it's like, but this isn't healthy for either of you. Um, and so I'm not where I thought I would be. Um, I think my mind was very much like relational in terms of like where I'd be relationally. Um, rarely did I think about my career um, as a child. It was very much like, I don't know, I don't want to make it like, um, it's not wrong for everyone. I think people have different things and people would like to be housewives or whatever the case is, and that's fine. Um, but I think I, I barely thought about things like, what do I want to be when I grow up? It was kind of like, who do I want to be for others when I grow up? Um, and now I'm like, wait, like I love talking to people. I love psychology. I fell in love with psychology. And there was so much like about it, like, man, but you know, is it sustainable in this country? Also, you're black, like, are there, you know, black female psychologists and things like that? Thankfully, it's a growing demographic. Um, but I love it. And I'm like every, well, it's very tiring, but um, every day that I'm there, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm there. And so that for me feels like something I wish I had as a goal, um, just so that I can be proud of where I am. But I am, if that makes any sense at all. Um, but I am proud of where I am, um, although it looks quite different. My experience would be the complete inverse, where growing up in a woman-dominant and woman-led home, um, I don't know if you know, my mom's got like seven kids, raised us all in a tiny house by herself. And my whole life was thinking about like how my life must be easier. So it was always thinking about the next thing. So this, okay, you know, getting certain amounts of A's in high school, getting certain amount, like kind of grades, getting into UCT, um, and then hopefully like graduating and, and, and having a career. And I kind of just like lost my ambition once I stepped foot into, into UCT. I don't know what the reason for that is. Um, but my whole life, my life was like career goals and what the kind of career I want to have and not necessarily the kind of woman I want to be. And now having done and, you know, tried my head at a number of different occupations and careers, um, I'm just like more concerned with my quality of life, like the people I have around me, the experiences that I have, um, my sense of self, my mental health. Um, and I think it's just a matter of having to watch my mom be what you call in Bogoto my whole life and have to like wear many hats and work so hard and just deciding I still want that for myself. Like I actually wouldn't mind being a housewife because I just want to rest. Like I want to be able to be creative and to do the things I want to have without the stress of like working overly hard to afford it i understand that you must work hard to have money but i would prefer to have a balance where you know i can explore and have adventure but i can afford it and i can be comfortable um and so i think that's been my transition of like being very very goal oriented and very hard on myself to kind of been like actually a low-key just like deserve to rest and to take it easy and to enjoy life um yeah so i'm, I'm interested like you obviously know it's Women's Month and you know the term, um, 
how does that does that resonate with you how does that impact you has it shaped your life in any way um this is gonna sound so random but it's very related i have this recent random obsession with cows because of that <laughs> because of that statement um because it it feels empowering right i think that was the point like it's supposed to be this empowering thing like you guys are everything um and i love that for us personally i love it but i do also sit with how exhausting that can be i think it brings me back to the very first thing i, I was mentioning about just like how intimidating that can be as well because then for someone to say something you've just said then gets frowned upon because what do you mean you just want to have it easy because I think you also think about like your history and the women and what they've done and you're thinking oh nah me I must I must I must and you're it almost feels um shameful to take a back seat because why are you not doing all that you can with all the power ah, and I use that word in quotes um that you have um and so it's it's very interesting because there's a part of me that's like, yo, I want that. Um, I want the, um, I want to be that powerhouse of a woman who's like giving it her all and all of those things. I think also when you think um, at the fact that for a very long time, men were the ones that did all of that, it almost, it feels like an, um, like, oh yeah, we're finally in a position and in a time where we can also be giving to something. Um, and that's the empowering bit of it, I guess. But then it becomes, if you think circumstance, if that was never a choice that you had, then I think it sits a lot differently. Um, I grew up with both my mom and my dad, so it looks a bit different. But I know, like if I look at my grandmother, who's like the mother of many, who was a mother to me at some point as well, before my parents kind of became a bit more stable and were able to take care of me more. Um, you look at that and I'm like, yo, Michelle, with such all is a song even that comes to mind Lega is it something so I talk about oh my mom tenders if you haven't you must because you I sit with that and I'm like I just think of my grandmother um and it makes me proud of her and the things that she's done but I won't lie and say that it it doesn't add a certain pressure um to us as women and also like in just wondering what it looks like to be a woman and what is okay and what is it okay um yeah so it's yeah it's really interesting because it's then i'm listening to you and i'm thinking then what is you know your definition of like power and empowerment and it's obviously all very what's the word um subjective um it's it has to be taken into context of someone's lived experience and someone level of education or concern um and yeah i'm listening to you and i'm like you're right though like it's a great amazing phrase that comes from the liberation of women in the, in the sense of like them being able to enter the workspace them being able to have some kind of autonomy um but yes the burden that comes with having to live in that continued expectation um which is i think where my contention with it now is, is like you're until when you know <laughs> like until yeah. until until Nini that I need to be this like hard rock of a person that kind of can carry any and everything um and I guess watching men 
and boys and and being like that's not necessarily how they have to live their lives um but i also don't want to to minimize it into a comparison of like boys versus yeah. girls um because we can do that it's easy to do that um so then having moved to joburg having realized your own goals and living you know a life that you actually hadn't imagined for yourself but that you love what are some like practical, tangible ways that you feel you practice softness or you um, empower yourself um, with the duality of those two things? I think I'm going to start with like, I guess, commenting on what you were saying, just in terms of how subjective power can be and all of those things. And I think if, if at the risk of making it a comparison, that's not the point. Um, it We can't shy away from the reality that it does take a lot more for a woman to stand out in a space than it does any other being in the room a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time. And so it takes a lot, it takes a lot more doing. That's the the word that keeps coming to mind. And I guess that, that links with the duty that you mentioned as well. Um, a lot more doing. And so unconsciously you add that pressure on yourself because how are you, how am I going to, how am I going to be perceived as not passive? Because the passive almost feels um, not like the woman we're trying to be, not the woman that's at least celebrated and romant and and I want to say romanticized even because the reality of it is a lot of the women who are doing those things. It's I think we all want to rest, man. Like at some point, like we do want to rest, um, but it, because Gunaleo culture, you also want to push it because I can. Like you don't want to be made to feel like you can't. But it's also I guess the thought of why do we always have to prove that we can? Like, why can't I know I can, but also just make the decision that I'm just not going to right now and for that to be okay. Um, and I think so that might link to the softness of life where it's like me acting or being um, this calm, just living my life doesn't mean I can't lift the weight if I need to or if it's required of me or if I want to because also desire um, if right now is a time that I actually just want to be still, then I can be allowed to do that without being perceived as lazy or being perceived as women who cannot. Um, and I think my grapple a lot of the time with maybe trying to overexert or overcompensate is wondering how I'm going to be perceived. Like, oh, but am I not going to be that woman if I, you know? Um, which honestly will take time, a lot of time of unlearning. Um but I'm enjoying it, guys. I, like, I really am. Like, the whole, even jail was, okay, let's go to the spa. Let's do, like, some things that might be, um, can I say, like, almost textbook, all oh, the women are going to do that. Like, for that to also be okay. Like, it doesn't always have to be a fight. So we'll say, no, if I want to go watch Barbie, I'm going to watch Barbie. Like, I went to watch it, and I loved it. Like, and it was okay to love it. Like, I don't have to be, yo, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> list I. I love that Boos and I spoke a little bit about it around the idea of how self-care is almost like the first phase of practicing softness. Um, just because I think as black women, you know, because of like historical issues around economy and access, um, it's not something we really grew up knowing that we can do and being able to practice. So the moment you can afford to do it for yourself, um, it is the first step you're just like actually let me go get my nails done let me go get a facial you know let me go let me join the gym and so once you now have those 
physical representations of like taking care of yourself and loving yourself, it almost makes it easier for you to do the mental, emotional um, work to make sure that your entire lifestyle is, is soft, even though you are a powerhouse at work, even though you are a thought leader or you are just a leader, um, a wife, um, a CEO, but this, the, the thing that you can come and like land into that is soft at home um, or even in your heart, how you deal with people, how you talk to people, how you navigate conversations and relationships. And I think it all, yeah, I mean, not everyone is soft because of the external, but if you don't know how, it is an entry point. Um, and I think it's something that I, we were just talking about learning and unlearning. Um, when I think about like the things I want to kind of come into when I think about womanhood or femininity is that I've always had to be not hard, but I'm short and I get annoyed very quickly. And so sometimes my responses are not necessarily mean. I just don't have time or I exit very quickly. And so I've, I've been actively trying to be softer and not in the sense that I want to be a doormat um, to people, but just dealing with people with more kindness, with more empathy, with more patience, just because I understand like how and I value the ways that that's been done for me and how it's helped me to live a bit easier. I want to be able to pay it forward in a sense. Um, so when you think about your womanhood individually, collectively, what are some things that you wish you could learn or unlearn um, over the next season? Bain. Bain. Um, sure. I think about the ability, capacity, willingness to have boundaries in one's life. Because I think that is a big murky field for a lot of us. Um, because there are a lot of expectations. They are, and, I, and I want to highlight unspoken because I think we, we can all stand and say, but nobody says you have to. But if you watch and you see the pattern of womanhood that we are exposed to, there is something there. Um, and so having the willingness to be like, well, that's not what I want. Um, and for that to be okay, for that not to be, you are a defier of gravity. Like, no, <laughs> um, you just don't want that. The ability to say no as well without that being seen as um, just groundbreaking in the worst way. I think when you were saying entry-level self-care, but I think even deeper self-care, being able to say no and be okay with it, being able to say no, not sit and have to feel guilty about it because you constantly have to give and give and give. Like now if you want to sleep in, sleep in, but also if you also on, do not have the mental capacity to take on that project right now, that's okay for you to take that step back and be like, I'll do it when I can. Um, or even to give emotionally and in terms of friendship, sometimes you, you need Le that Leon Dow to kind of take a step back and, and take some time to yourself getting to know yourself, trying to take care of your mental health as well. Okay, advocating here. Um, but being able to take care of that and for that not to seem selfish, for that not to seem like, oh, but you're leaving all your responsibilities behind. No, you are a responsibility to yourself as well. So I think that's also something we just forget very nicely all the time. Um, so I, I wish, if for me at least, for me as well, to just be able to be okay with some of those things. Because I think when we think of it in theory, we're like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But then we approach it with so much guilt 
we approach it with so much, oh, but if somebody says something, then I'm quickly going to change. Like I won't stick to those boundaries and be okay with, no, my no is my no. And people just need, you know? Um, but I think that's also a learning and unlearning for society, for society's expectations of women to be like, okay, but why do I expect her to do that? Like, why do I expect her to say that? Why do I expect for her not to get angry if she's angry right now? Like, why is that not okay? Why is it not okay for my mom to want to sleep in a little bit on a Saturday and for me to just, you know, help with this or that? So I think it's it's on both ends, um, the doing and undoing. That's so powerful. Um, again, it, it makes me think of like the the discourse around racism of how many black people got to a point of like, it's not my job to educate you on racism. Um mm-hmm not my job to educate you on discrimination and prejudice, microaggressions, like do the work. If you want to change, do the work. It's the same thing as well. But women obviously have to kind of pick up the mantle for their liberation, for their freedom, for their safety, for their mental health. Um, And we always view it as our responsibility, which to a large degree is, but equally to society. Men also feel like there's so many expectations that they need to let go of, but how are they dealing with women? How are they engaging women? How are they approaching women? Um, so that's really, really interesting. Thank you for that. Is there anything else you'd want to add, say, and put some last words for us? Mm. I A big thank you because I haven't actually sat and thought about these things. I think even just thinking the juxtaposition with the soft life, with the involvement and trying to also just conceptualize, you know, these things can coexist and that's okay. Um, so I think for me, this was very thought provoking. So I want to say thank you to the Empathy Project for it. Um, and I actually genuinely hope that it can further conversations, um, which I guess is actually the point of this project, which is pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, even when you mentioned it to me, the amount of conversations I've been able to get into about it and hear other women and their grapple with it as well has been really beautiful, actually. So, and then also being able to agree to disagree and for that to also be fine. Um, it's just been really thought-provoking. So I, I think my main thing is a thank you for the platform and just for the thoughts. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and I love that because that's the whole point. We just like... We come, we meet, we talk, and we hope that you guys take the thoughts and you start your own conversations, you know, elsewhere. Um, but again, like you said, the point is not to come into agreement or into alignment. It's to exchange experiences and perspectives. And yeah, we can agree to disagree, but also with love. Like there's no hard feelings, you know? Um, and that's the whole point of building empathy, that I'm just understanding your perspective. Um, so yes, please stay beautiful you inspire me in so many ways i think you're amazing um yeah stay gorgeous stay strong um and thank you for coming on and taking the time to chat with me and i hope to see you soon i hope so too (laughs) yeah thank you